0: episode 52 of the shock shock nicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network more nixon nba talk this week sean saint Jacques back here with you hope you had a good week hope you're enjoying as much as you can uh the situation going on right now in our country both socially and uh, i guess just with the pandemic as well i have to say i'm in a decent mood uh <laughs> to say the least completely uh in a good mood right now, just because uh, my beloved Liverpool Football Club are Premier League champions. I literally am recording this after celebrating uh, the Premier League title. So I'm pretty uh, excited right now, pretty happy. I'm going to be in a good mood for the podcast because of that. So keep that in mind as the podcast goes. I don't know if you, if you have been uh, talking to me a little bit about soccer and things like that. So uh, you'll understand uh, I am pretty excited right now. Liverpool won their first Premier League title in 30 years, so I'm very excited and I'm going to be in a good mood. Uh, This is the best mood I've been in throughout the entire pandemic, Um, so I'm very excited uh, to ride that high into the show today. It'll probably uh, change my outlook as we dive deeper into the show, but I'm taking a little detour just to shout out my uh, fans from other podcasts and things like that, just to give you an idea why I'm in uh, such a good mood this week. But let's get down to business. Let's get down to why you are all here Um, first and foremost, we'll start with the Knicks stuff. The NBA stuff, I'm very interested in this week. Um, but I want to save that for the second half of the show because there is some hard hitting Knicks stuff. When there's hard hitting Knicks stuff, as you guys know, we prioritize that on the show. We start with that first, and then we'll dive into the NBA stuff if we have time. And obviously, because of the pandemic, and now that the Knicks season is over, there will be plenty of more time for that as we've continued on with the show. We will get to that in the second half of the show, so after the break. But before that, let's dive into the Knicks. Let's dive into the news of the week surrounding New York. And really, I mean, two things stood out this week. Both, uh, I think both happened either the day of recording or day before recording. So you guys will have a leg up on this stuff. But I want to give my reaction and kind of weed through some of it. Leon Rose came out and spoke. Uh, We hadn't heard from him yet since he was hired pretty much right before the pandemic. I believe he was hired on March 13th. That was just into the pandemic, basically. Uh, the pandemic basically shut everything down like maybe two days before that, if memory serves. I think we're looking at like March 11th or March 12th. Um, so he's he was hired right there, right at the beginning of the pandemic. We still had not heard from Leon Rose until Thursday, when he spoke out about a number of things, you know, gave kind of a run of the mill answer about the coach and future playing styles of the Knicks and Scott Perry and, and making decisions moving forward. But he said something interesting about the draft, which I wanted to uh, get to first, by the way, should, should note as well, Jeff Van Gundy, former Knicks head coach, current ESPN NBA analyst uh, came out, gave, Leon Rose, um, or basically said to Leon Rose in a way publicly that Tom Thibodeau would be a perfect uh, coaching candidate, that he's one of the best coaches out there, and all of this stuff. Um, according to, and I'm looking at Forbes right now, uh, this is from Adam Zagoria. Knicks are considering 11 candidates right now, but multiple sources say that they're expected to hire a coach with experience. Now, that's for me. You got me on board with that. You know what I mean. And some of the names being mentioned here, we've talked about Tom Thibodeau, we've talked about Kenny Atkinson, we've talked about a few others. Mike Brown apparently is being thrown about by this article. I don't know if that's legit or not. That doesn't—that's not a name I've heard. Jason Kidd, as well. Maybe this is just speculation. It sounds like speculation. To be honest. Uh, I haven't heard Jason Kidd or Mike Brown involved at all, at least not until the recording of the podcast, so correct me if I'm wrong on that. But that would be, again, we're not, you know, we're in the Mike Woodson territory here, not exactly in the territory I think the Knicks should be shopping in. But regardless of that, it led into some very interesting comments. Again, Van Gundy goes on the SiriusXM NBA radio and, and, and sings the praises of Tom Thibodeau. He's a great guy, great basketball mind, would be perfect. His work ethic ethic is elite, and he'd be perfect. Obviously, the Knicks are looking at Kenny Atkinson as well. Mike Miller has kind of been that third guy at the moment when you're talking about interviews, and then there's a host of other characters that are in the mix according to different sources. And depending on who you look at, different people are saying different things about who has a real chance of not only getting an interview, but maybe even getting the head coaching job. Again, Leon Rose talks about the playing style. This is again, the, the interview from Leon Rose uh, specifically was to MSG Network uh, with Mike Breen, the voice of the Knicks on MSG on TV. And of course, the voice of the NBA Finals on ESPN. The Worldwide West stuff was really what stood out? You know, Leon Rose goes on and says, you know, the coach it's up to the coach, and we'll talk to the coach about the style to play and the direction we're going in. It's gonna be a two way street, and uh, we're gonna support the coach and the sport the coach is gonna support us and, and all this stuff. We we've heard it before. The the World Wide West stuff and the World Wide West news kind of blindsided me a little bit. Um I almost forgot the Knicks had hired him once almost hired him once before. And this pops up on Wednesday. William Wesley World worldwide West is an executive vice president now with the New York Knicks um here's the quote from Rose about now again keep this in mind Wesley the new coach and Rose I guess assume, assuming that he would obviously be overseeing that as well they'll be involved they'll they will be involved in selecting the Knicks two first-rounders, and one second-round pick on the, in, during the October 16th NBA draft. This is Leon Rose's quote about the NBA draft. Quote, that's a process that goes on all year. Rose said, this is again to Mike Breen on MSG Network, Scott Perry, the GM, and the Scouts have been on that all year. With regard to that, we've continued with our draft calls. we reviewed a lot of film. We're currently Zoom interviewing the prospects for the draft. We obviously missed out on the NCAA tournament. We don't know what's going to be uh, for the combine, and we're going to make the most of it. And in a positive light, we have a lot more time. We were preparing like we were going to draft on June 25th. Good news and bad news there. Good news and bad news there. Great, you got more time. You get to figure things out. Great. Bad news. What is going on here? With worldwide Wide West? All of a sudden, he's right back in the fold. He's going to be Leon Rose's right-hand man. I, I... The part I don't understand is, why shut this down the first time? If you were going to hire him, why break things down the first time and then come back? What what changes here? Was that just a smokescreen? Was that just to make everybody feel better? You know, wait to hire him at the right time so you wouldn't get as much backlash? This is a very risky hire. Nobody knows what World Wide West really does. He's obviously got connections. He knows players. He knows coaches. He knows college players. I'm sure he even knows high school players. He knows everybody in the business it seems but what does he give the knicks? i don't know i don't know what he gives the knicks let's say let's and, and this is the thing i worry about the most let's say for the sake of the argument worldwide west is this guy that's got all these connections he's going to help the knicks get all these great players he's going to help these nick help the knicks get uh the right players in the draft although i don't know what qualifications he has for that and he's gonna have these connections to help the Knicks win in free agency, right? That's the Those are the pluses that you're expecting when you hire William Wesley, a.k.a. World Wide West. This feels like a reach to me. It feels like a reach. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't make sense on paper to me. This feels like another Knicks mistake waiting to happen. This feels like somebody who's trying to take advantage of the New York Knicks and doesn't have the best interest in the, uh, of the Knicks in mind. And by the way, doesn't have the experience to oversee an NBA draft, but is expected with Scott Perry and presumably the new head coach to make the decisions on the draft picks. Now, listen, listen. I'm sure he's been around many of the players, if not all the players, the Knicks will likely be looking at in the draft. I'm not doubting that, but we don't know that for a fact that's based on, you know, quote unquote reporting question mark. I, I, I don't know. Here's the quote from the Knicks quote. We're very excited to announce the hiring of William Wesley. Someone are, this is actually from Leon Rose specifically. Someone that I've known well for 40 years and consider to be family. Uh, Rose said in a statement, by the way, which is all he has officially ever done. He has yet to have a press conference since taking over the team. This is from NBC Sports. But he sat down with Mike Breen this week on television. So This is something he did before he even sat down and talked to Mike Breen. He's one of the most well-connected and respected people in the basketball community, and he will be a tremendous asset and resource for, to both myself and the New York Knicks. My long history with and respect for Jim Dolan and Leon Rose, as well as the chance to be part of the New York Knicks, made this an opportunity I wanted to pursue. This is Wesley talking. I look forward to joining the current staff and moving the organization toward a successful future. End quote. I... Man... It just seems shady. You're giving this guy what he wants, and I don't know like this feels like you're giving Phil Jackson the money again. Like this feels like you're giving somebody who probably shouldn't be in this position an opportunity. Now listen, I get the the possible upside here. I do. Con- connections do and can matter a lot, especially in sports. There's no question about that. But is it gonna work with the way it's set up with the Knicks with this partnership, the way Leon Rose wants to run? For me, this all hinges on Leon Rose. So the part of this that that really stands out, and again, I you know I'm skeptical because I don't know a lot about William Wesley. Let me put that out there to make sure that's clear. For a fact, I mean, we don't know any a lot for a fact about uh, William Wesley. But what really makes this the legitimate thing here, something concrete to hold on to. Leon Rose is doubling down here. Leon Rose, and this is expected in some ways, but Leon Rose is saying, you know what? I'm going all in on what I want to do. I'm bringing in my guys. We didn't bring up my guy in the first time, but this time we're bringing my guy in and we're going to win with my guys around me with the way I want to run this organization. It's going to be different than other organizations are run and we're going to win with this style. It's a it's a risky proposition. It's one I don't know is going to work. It's again, it's the former agent turned executive situation here. Is that possibly going to work? It has worked in one or two other situations. Golden State is a prime example of that. But those are rare things. Because keep in mind, not a lot of experience in this field. On this side of the table for Leon Rose. William Wesley has zero experience on this side. He just knows a lot of people. So this is a big leap for World Wide West as well. It makes me very nervous as a Nick fan that this is the plan. I must be honest. But to be fair... It's what you get when you bring in Leon Rose. The Knicks must have expected that this was a possibility. When you bring in Leon Rose, this was always a ch- there's always a chance that this was going to happen. You give the guy the job and he is going to absolutely put his fingerprints on it. Now, there was backlash over the World Wide West hiring Uh, from an unlikely source. uh, I must say, Uh, I expected maybe more, uh, I don't know, more, shall we say, uh, relevant people at this moment in time in the basketball world to to chime in on this in negative uh, light. But it was Stefan Marbury, believe it or not, who chimed in, did not expect to hear from him during the pandemic uh, in the media. Uh, this is what he had to say on Twitter, I believe. Um, so Worldwide West uh gets hired as the executive vice president, senior basketball advisor. That's a dash in the middle of that president and that senior title. Um, uh, basically, uh, <laughs> uh, Stefan Marbury tweets, "Worldwide sucker, he's a kiss bleep." Come on, man. Come on, man. At the New York Knicks, did you really just now bring worldwide sucker to the New York Knicks? And I ain't talking about the sucker we call a sucker like a sucker. (laughs) Really? You brought this dude here? Why? I'm a real New York York Knicks fan. I've been a New York Knicks fan since I was a spit. Come on. This is the James Dolan, apparently. Come on, man. That's that's directed to James Dolan. You got to be kidding me, man. A lot of mans here. You brought this dude here? Really? What's going on, man? It's got to be an explanation. Not him. Of all the people, you bring this dude here. You bring him to NYC, to New York. He don't got no credibility here. Nah. End quote. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Stefan. Of course, Stefan is an, is a Coney Island, Brooklyn native... Played for the Knicks from 03 to 08. He's got, you know, some very, very um passionate thoughts about it. I tend to feel not the not with all the mans and the suckers and all the you know all of the uh mumbo jumbo, you know, street talk in there, or should I say the the trash talking, the the uh, shots fired, for lack of a better term, uh at Worldwide West, I should say. The, the latter there applies, and uh, what was it was what I meant to say there. Um, I tend to agree with some of what Stefan Marbury just said. Where where's the track record here that makes you feel comfortable about hiring this guy in a high position to help Leon Rose? That gives me big time pause. There's no question about that in my mind. I'm very, very conflicted about bringing in World Wide West. I don't know if it's worth it. What's the best case scenario? I don't know because it's the Knicks. And this feels like it's going to fall apart. It really does. But we have to see. It really, and in the end, to be honest, it's all on Leon Rose. It all comes back to, can Leon Rose figure this out? And if this is the right way to do it for him, he's going to go for it. It's He 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 feels comfortable bringing this guy in. He's going to do it. And he's making a big statement right off the bat, bringing in World Wide West, and all the chips are going to fall on him if this doesn't work out. And we're going to get a chance to really see what World Wide West is made of. If these connections really mean anything, and if these... Assets that he brings to the table are gonna help the Knicks, or is he just picking up his checks from Madison Avenue and seventh, and he's going and he's gonna live in his beautiful apartment and just call everybody and say, Man, the Knicks fell for it again and take the money and run. That's what I'm worried about. I don't know if World Wide West has the best interest of the Knicks in mind. And I think he's, there's a very good chance he puts himself ahead of the Knicks organization here to give himself credibility that I'm sure he thinks he's lacking amongst the mainstream media. I don't know. I get worried the more I read about the hiring, to be honest. The more I read the quotes about it, the more I talk about it, the more the, the more I look at it and I just say, man, this just doesn't add up. Uh, it doesn't add up to uh, it just doesn't add up to me. That's the bottom line, and I'm, I'm very I'm going to be very nervous to see what happens in the draft now because this is a situation where the draft could get hijacked. You know, now you've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. You're going to have a coach, obviously, a brand new president, and now a vice president or executive, senior executive, vice president, basketball, whatever, checking in with all of these connections. And he's going to give his two cents. The new coach is going to give his two cents. And Leon Rose is going to give his two cents. Oh, and by the way, Scott Perry is going to have a big say as well. That's normal, but everybody's new. It's a brand new regime. Is everyone going to be on the same page for the draft? Because the Knicks need to nail this draft. They have to. They have to. This is a huge chance for them to get off to a good start in this new era of Knicks basketball that they're trying to sell to us as fans. You want to get us off to a good start? October 16th. October 16th is the day to do it. That's going to be a big day for the future of the Knicks franchise. Before we take a break, uh, quick news. It's not really big news, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, Two-way guard Jared Harper claimed from the Suns and a... Pleasant and hopefully safe, uh, travels for Kadim Allen, who was waived today, uh, by the Knicks, um, uh, had a nice post on social media, thanking him for his services. Um, the Knicks obviously wanted to upgrade, uh, further down the bench. Uh, listen, you know, I, I think Kadeem Allen was a guy that, you know, it conf- he's a fighter on the court, tried to make the best of his opportunities, but really when you look at the long term of the Knicks, probably wasn't going to be on much longer, even if he had played and made the team next season. Um had had a few moments, not a lot, as in Nick. Jared Harper comes in. He's 22 years old. Um Jared Harper is an interesting one to me. Um Harper showed some potential. I mean, there's no question about that. Um Harper is a guy that for those that, again, and I always go to this first to give you some background, cause I, I know uh, a lot of these uh, players from watching and following them and covering them, in, uh, some of them in college basketball, you know, Jared Harper is a guy that was really a, a strong guard. I think from I memory serves primarily a point guard on a very good Auburn team that went to the final four last year and, you know, averaged 15 points almost six assists per game. Um, In the G League, he averaged over 20 points and five and a half assists per game, made almost all of his starts, shot 36% from three. The team he played on stunk in the G League. I think the G League Suns from the article I read earlier were like, I don't know, nine and or eight and 34, something like that. I think they were eight and 34, if memory serves. Um, Which... Is terrible, but the fact that Harper averaged those numbers with a team like that kind of shows you how good he can be. And to be fair, someone that's covered some G League over the years, on and off, uh, that's what really matters in those games. It doesn't really matter if you win (laughs) for the most part, it matters for the coaches to a certain extent. But the players, you got to put up big numbers if you want to get noticed. I remember covering Quinn Cook when he was on the Canton charge a few years ago and there were just times where he's going down the floor and you know seeing him at Duke it would be an opportunity for him to make a pass no he was jacking up shots and I think he ended up with 40 or 45 points in the game over the Westchester Knicks who uh you know kind of had a mix mishmash of different players uh Travis Trice I think was uh on the Knicks kid from Michigan State didn't pan out in the pros at least in, not in the United States so very interesting experience there that was that was a while ago but just an example of the g, the way the g league is the way that players play in the g league it's very much showing off for the nba to see if you can get a call up and get a chance to play in the league so we'll see you know jared harper has shown some promise the knicks are still looking for an answer at point guard they're still looking for an answer at, at times with the two guard position as well they need more depth at the guard positions So Jared Harper is a bit of an upgrade for that position because you get rid of a guy in Kadeem Allen who just kind of had trouble finding a position for him at times, especially for the long term on this team. He was a player that didn't really fit what the Knicks were doing uh, night to night. He was a guy that you kind of had to use uh, and try to get him into a position where he can thrive. And for a guy that's not as talented, that's not ideal. And I think that that was why they moved on from him again seemed like a great guy from interviews i I saw from him and a very hard worker no question about that but I, I think with the what with what the knicks need on the roster this was a small move but it's a move that did make some sense but now the knicks need to hit a home run in the draft and then we'll see what happens with the point guard position moving forward we'll take a break here when we come back we're diving into the Nba side of things covid 19 is definitely going to make an impact as we get towards the restart of the NBA season at the end of July. What's the latest and what could possibly happen moving forward as we try to get back to basketball as quickly as possible. All that more coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly. second half of the show we're diving into the nba news after a nicks first half of the show let's start with the COVID 19 uh situation that continues to grow uh, as a problem throughout the country as expected for those that have not been following the science behind this first of all you should be um, our leadership has been lacking in this country that's just not my it's not just my opinion that's a fact And it's one of those things where you've got to stay informed. I've had a couple people reach out about this over the last couple of days. I keep telling them, you've got to be more independent on how you're figuring out what's going on. And people are shocked that NBA players are once again testing positive for COVID-19. Guys, wake up just because the situation's getting better when you, where you live doesn't mean it's great everywhere. And I had a couple people be like this, Some people I talked to from New York that are saying, well, it's getting better in New York and it's getting better in New Jersey, it's getting better in Connecticut. And I'm like, well, guess where it's not getting better? Where these guys are testing positive for COVID-19. Malcolm Brogdon has tested positive. Jabari Parker has tested positive from the Pacers and the Kings, respectively. Um... Buddy Healed from the Kings has also tested positive for COVID-19 as well. So these are these are situations where it's 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 back on the rise in a lot of states. It really is. You look at the South, where f- with Florida, with Georgia specifically. Georgia last time I looked at the numbers, have the top four counties for rising COVID-19 cases that's gonna be a little bit of a problem. Florida, where they're planning on restarting the NBA, is now one of the highest states for COVID-19 new cases. It's a problem, we're a month out, I get that. There's time for this to flatten, but the problem is the states have opened back up. They opened up too soon. They closed too late and they opened up too soon. They didn't follow the CDC guidelines. And instead, they put a lot of people at risk and they just put the NBA season at risk as well. A massive blunder by a number of governors in the South and in the Midwest. And in middle America as well, where COVID-19 is rampant, like it was at the beginning on the East Coast in the Northeast. That's now everywhere else, basically, in the United States. More than half the states in the country are rising in COVID-19 cases. This is going to be a serious threat to the NBA season. There's no question about it. And by the way, just to give you the broad scope, I know you're not just following the NBA or the Knicks. Major League Baseball is going to have some trouble getting the season off the ground. Major League Baseball is not playing in a bubble. They're going to be playing in their home ballparks with no fans. That's a big risk. And by the way, they want to play 60 games. And then extended playoffs. Good luck with that. And don't get me wrong. I was buzzing when I heard Major League Baseball was going to be back. That my beloved Yankees were going to play a season this year. But what really makes me worried. Is the simple fact. That I'm just not sure what's going to happen going forward with the COVID-19 pandemic. Not enough states are doing their part. Not enough people are wearing masks when they're out in public. It's astonishing to me. Astonishing. I get it. People are protesting. People want to get out there. Or people are even more selfish than that. I'm not saying those people, the protesters are selfish. They're not. If, I'd argue they're selfless, putting their thoughts out there and standing for what they believe. And I get that. And I like to think I'm with those people. But the problem is you gotta wear a mask when you do it. You gotta do it. You can't do it without a mask. You're not only putting yourself in danger, you're putting everyone around you in danger. Malcolm Brogdon was one of those people who was part of the protests for Black Lives Matter. Forgive me, I don't remember if he was wearing a mask or not, but he should have been if he wasn't. I don't know if that was the reason he now has COVID-19. I don't, he probably doesn't even know why or how he got it. But It probably didn't help that he was with a, you know, a lot of people and not wearing a mask. There's no question he was doing the right thing. Being out there, being amongst the people, helping to spread the message of Black Lives Matter. No question in my mind. That is where he should have been. His heart was in the right place. It's still in the right place. But you gotta wear a mask, you gotta be smart for yourself and for everybody else. It's frustrating for the general population. That this kind of stuff is still happening, guys. We're, we're we're getting close to four months being in this pandemic. If you want sports to come back, I'm not just talking this year. Next year too. Because if you don't get this season in, now you're really impacting next season. And right now, the NBA, the NHL. And Major League Baseball could be in a big, big predicament when July rolls around. They really, really, in all, I'm not even joking, could seriously be in big trouble here. The NBA is probably the most organized of the three. NHL is a close second. And yet they're still getting positive tests. I've been following as someone who covers soccer in this country. Been following other soccer leagues. There's been positive tests there too. It's going to be really tough. But at least those teams are trying to train together and stay quarantined together. The NBA's not gotten to that point yet. So some have said, well, Sean, this is good news, right? Because at least they're not in the bubble and they tested positive. My response to you is this Florida is a hotbed for COVID-19. Where a lot of these players are is a hotbed for COVID-19. What if it doesn't go away? What if the the second wave does come back? The NBA season is going to be in serious, serious jeopardy. And there's really no debating that. You think players are, are nervous now about going down to Florida. Imagine if the numbers continue to rise again. It's going to be a totally different conversation. You've already had multiple players back out. Most notably, Avery Bradley from the LA Lakers. Not going to play. And again, there's multiple reasons now why why players could back out. Both of them legitimate reasons. One is the COVID-19 pandemic. And two, is wanting to focus on social justice issues. Both legitimate reasons to consider backing out of this bubble season. And honestly, I don't blame any players if they decide to do that. First thing when I saw the Avery Bradley news was, you know what? He thought about this. He had time to think this over. He considered all the factors. And he made a decision that he felt was best for him and the people around him and the people that he cares about. And for both decisions, you can make it can be, it's, it's that motivation for everybody, not just you and the people around you, making that decision for everybody, whether it's about fighting for the movement, Black Lives Matter, and for social injustice, fighting against that, or for the the COVID 19 pandemic, thinking, you know what? This is risky for me to be down there. Risky for my family, people around my family, for my town. I'm going to go back to live at some point. It's risky. There's still a lot of unknowns here. That's not to say the people that are going down there or plan on going down there, like Malcolm Brogdon, like Buddy Heald, not to say that they're in the wrong. They want to work. They want to spread the positive messages through basketball, which is also very powerful. But you can't blame people for backing out. Not from This. There's a lot of people's lives at stake. A lot of people's lives that have already been lost during this pandemic. That will continue to be lost if we don't continue to go in the right direction. I'm I'm out getting a haircut for the first time today. Shout out to my local barber shop for cutting uh, and trimming the mop on my head back to a respectable size. I'm walking and and I'm not going to name my barber shop. But I want to give them a shout out just just in general because I think that they're doing this the right way. I go out there to get a haircut. They do a sign-in sheet outside. You get hand sanitizer on. You you use their pen. You sign up. You put your name down, your phone number, and whatever barber you want to see that day. There's two to choose from, but you, you could put down no preference. And they will call you when they're ready to see you. And you got 15 minutes. My town that I live in is a small town during the pandemic. You got 15 minutes to get there. And you can sit down and you get your hair cut with your mask on. Everyone's got a mask inside the barber shop. Yet I still see people outside the barber shop without a mask. I see people going up to that sign-up sheet without a mask on. And I see people loitering. Outside the barber shop, thinking they're gonna get in without a mask. It's a and th- and this is an estate where the COVID nineteen numbers are down. Imagine where it is where it's up. Clearly, there are plenty of people out there that need to hear this message. You guys want sports back? You guys want it to be normal again? You guys want us to be back doing what we love to do or just being, you know, going through our daily routines as we did back in early March. It's on everybody. You got to do your part. Wear a mask. For God's sake, when you're out in public. You've got to do it. It's on you. It's on all of us. And somebody, I, I said it to somebody earlier today who was asking me about it. They said, well, Sean, how how are England and Germany and Spain and Italy and Portugal and Poland and all these European countries, how are they playing sports? How are they ahead of us? There's two reasons for that. Two reasons that I could think of. Number one, they committed to social distancing. They committed to staying at home and they flattened the curve and they came up with a plan to make sure that the players were isolated, could still travel, could get the testing they needed and get tested enough during the week to satisfy not only the local governments, the federal governments, in, in, in these cases, in these countries, but also the health departments that needed to see the progress and the plans fit what was needed to restart these seasons. and now the German soccer season's pretty much done. Liverpool are now champions of England and they're going to finish their season. Spain are three weeks into their season coming back. And all these other European soccer leagues are right on track now to finish their season, almost, some of them by the way, when they were supposed to. Or at least before the deadline for contracts, which would be June 30th. The Bundesliga, which is the German league and, and fun to say, is going to finish before those contracts run out and they can go right back to getting ready for the next season. Because that country handled it right in America. Second part, by the way, is the population. The U.S. has a lot more people to deal with. But it's about leadership, testing, and doing your part. And if you want the NBA back, and if you want sports back, and if you want your life back, in a way, in a matter of speaking, you've got to do your part or the numbers are going to keep going up and the seasons are going to keep being in jeopardy and it's going to be pushed on to next season. And by the way, in the grand scheme of things, that's the least of our problems. That's also the end of the show this week. Guys, thank you so much as always for listening to the show. I have to say during the pandemic During a time where we're still pumping out content for you guys, you guys are still all in. You're still listening to the podcast every week. Thank you guys. I mean, that's all I can say. You guys are the best. Uh, I appreciate the feedback you guys give me on Twitter every week. I appreciate the feedback you guys give me on postingandtoasting.com and as well on the other uh, places where we have the podcasts on iTunes. You can also uh, subscribe leave us a five-star rating and review. That'd be fantastic. Many of you have already done that. So thank you so much for doing that. I've I've also really appreciated you guys reaching out to me through other social media platforms. Let me know you guys think about the Knicks and also what you guys think about sports and the current COVID-19 pandemic, social injustice, and other situations like that. I enjoy talking with you guys about that kind of stuff. And I enjoy hearing from you guys about not only the Knicks, but sports in general and our society as a whole, I, I enjoy when we can talk about those kind of things and feel comfortable sharing our opinions. And, and I think, you know, again, there's people that cross the line. It happens. I get that. But for a lot of you guys, it's not like that. I feel like my listenership for this podcast has turned into people that are, are willing to speak their minds, but also willing to listen to other people's opinions. And, and I think that means a lot, especially... In the time we're living in right now. So I really appreciate that from you guys. And I appreciate that you guys continue to listen to the show. Even during the pandemic. Enjoy your week. Stay safe. Wear a mask. And if you have to get tested. Get tested as well. Keep your families and your friends safe as well. But also try to enjoy the time you have as well. Please do that. And hopefully we'll be getting back to sports in this country. Before you know it. Until then. Enjoy your week, and I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.